Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Let me ask you a question. Who here felt a deep resonance with one of the words that were mentioned by the prophetic team? Put your hand high so I can see you. Okay, great. Uh, we'll have a special time of ministry um, at the end of the service, right around 3.30 p.m. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I know, last time, right? That was wild. Let me just go ahead and set the record straight about last time. Because... Uh, it was a very interesting story, and I just want to say that the elders here never asked me to do that. Um, I'm not even sure if they wanted that, but what happened was really simple. That was during um, the COVID-19 aftermath, and as part of my ministry, who was here that day, just so I know, all right, some new folks not here. Um, after that day, during that year, um, and during my time of prayer, Holy Spirit you know, began to speak to my heart and said, anywhere you go in the nation this year, you will offer people the opportunity to receive personal ministry by the laying on of hands. And I was like, Lord, um, you know, people may not be very excited about that right now. Everybody has got pockets full of hand sanitizer and uh, wearing these masks or their own, you know, create their own mask at home. Um, and I said, you know, but if you say so, that's exactly what I'll do. So the elders, we began to get to know each other. We got to spend some time with their leaders, which was fantastic. Um, leadership makes all the difference. Leadership makes all the difference. Leadership makes all the difference. We're going to get there. And um, we had a great time with the leaders, the elders and the leaders here. Got to minister to them. Then they invited me back. And I knew what Holy Spirit had said. And I had never been familiar with this ministry. And so I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like I'll come as long as I can lay hands on every person who wants to receive ministry. And I got into a, a room full of people. And I remember looking at my wife who's here. Quite where are you now? She running around doing something? Yeah, she's busy with the kids already. She just, she just never stops. Um, and so she's a really great woman. Um, I get to stop because she won't. Anyway. And I remember looking at her saying, Wow, there's a lot of people that go here. And I was like, this is going to take a minute. Because, you know, I don't know how to just pray and say, bless you. Or the Lord has a great plan for your life. You know, be warm and fed. You know? uh, instead, what I watched Holy Spirit do was for several hours, we were here till four something, unique and fresh words from the Lord for every person. And I was shocked. I was like, wow, this is... This is so real. Sometimes we need to have a greater level of convincing. Today is a day just like that. Say, today's the day. <laughs> As I listened to the words come forth from the team, I was so stirred up to hear that God's heart could reach us. And as it resonates within us, we have the opportunity to respond. And I think Dave just walked right into it. He's like, who feels that that word resuscitation is where you are in your life? Because let me give you a prediction for the United States of America. Are you ready? Unless we see a fresh move of power of Holy Spirit fall upon our nation within the next five to seven years, church will look nothing like church does. 
Some stuff that we like, that we've grown comfortable with, will not be around. You're like, that could never happen. That's called normalcy bias. You know what that means? That means that you're so used to things being the way they are that you don't believe they can actually change. Normalcy bias is dangerous for a Christian. Did you know that? That's how we grow cold. I don't care how long you've been here. I don't care where you've been. We've been all over the world. We've seen great moves of God. We've seen the Lord do things in small groups, large groups, on stages, in the ditches, in the dirt, where I love to see God work. That rhyme, did you hear that? I love it. I love the move of the Spirit. I love that there's no borders, no boundaries to what he's doing. He gets outside of a building in a house. He does it inside a building. He does it in the school. He does it at the workplace. He is unstoppable. Wow, that's who we serve. He's absolutely unstoppable. You're like, I don't know if he's winning or not. Let me cheer up. He's already won. You're like, is that guy yelling? Yeah, a little bit, but you haven't heard nothing yet. But anyway... He's unstoppable. I love to see the move of the Spirit. I love to hear the heart of God released on time, right on time. I love to hear him say things like origin. That's a God word. Origin, where we get original. See, all transformation is restoration back to original intention. When God looks at you, do you know that God wrote a book about your life? Every particular And there is a work of the Spirit through the power of the cross in your life to produce that book in the earth. And one day we'll stand before him and he'll look and go, is this what my father wrote or not? God help us on that day. The the scariest verse in the entire Bible. Many will come and say on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not? And I will say, depart from me. I don't even know who you are. You look like nothing like what my father wrote. Oh, let it not be me. You've got to have a move of the Spirit. In your family, your children, your teenagers, you got to have a move of the Spirit. You're like, well, I read, get in my word. Good. You know that the Bible is best read with Holy Spirit reading it with you. He, it is the sword of the Spirit. Let me tell you, religious texts are dangerous. All throughout history, you see what people have done with religious texts without the guidance and the leadership of Holy Spirit. The paraclete, the one who leads us into all truth. And what does truth do? Truth, not just truth and knowledge. No, this is experiential truth. It sets you free indeed. Who's been set free? Are there any people set free in this place? Some of you are like, I want to get free. Well, guess what? Cheer up. Because when the day of Pentecost had fully, I heard that word today sometime. I heard somebody say, who barely, doesn't even speak English, by the way. She heard fullness. Come up here, Ruby. Is this on? Is this thing on? It's about to be. Come on. Come on. I don't know if that worked. Ruby, can you say that word? One more time. I want you to hear her say it. Your word. Palabra. Fullness. 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 Whew. One more time. Una más. Fullness. Fullness. I love that. Thank you. This is Ruby. Matter of fact, uh, might as well go ahead and do all of God's business while I'm here. The reason I'm here, right? Not all of his business. Because we would be here all day. God's got a lot of things he's doing. But there is a a wonderful couple here. These are leaders from Costa Rica, San Jose. Um, Costa Rica, spiritual son and daughter, Nadir and Ruby. They moved, they just shifted their entire lives to be with us in Jacksonville for the work of God in our region. 
for the nation and for the nations of the earth. The nations are coming to us. And uh, there's a team going to Costa Rica here, uh, Dave and a few others. Who's, who's on that team? Are those folks here? Around. Around? Around this area? Who's going to Costa Rica? I mean, all you're like, I want to go. You know, I've been to Costa Rica 19 times. I've never seen the water there. I just fly in, do the assignment, and fly out, man. I boogie. I'm a Thursday to Monday kind of guy. I don't like to be away from home. I like, I like to go with grace, but when grace is done, I'm gone. I'm finished. Did you hear the word grace today? You know, most people think grace is mercy. Grace is not mercy. It's a different word. Where grace is beauty, but it also means the ability, the beauty of God that produces his purpose in your life. That's what grace is. It's a divine empowering. Some of y'all need that. You're like, I feel so burnt out. Anybody feel burnt out today? You're like, I'm not putting my hand up. There's my bold. There's my bold. Come on, man of God. Thank you. There's a, there's a release of grace on the day of, of Pentecost had fully come, completely come. That word full, is, it's full, but it, it means to the point of it bursting on itself. It's become so full, like the work of the Lord in your life becomes so full that no longer are you able to contain it within the vessel that he puts it in. It bursts forth, comes out, makes a spectacle. It makes you undignified. It makes you a worshiper no matter where you are. You don't come into worship. You're worshipers in spirit and in truth. That's who you are. I know who you are. Do you know who you are? I think you're starting to know. A lot of you are like, I'm in the greatest season of my identity. I'm coming in through identity crisis. Isn't identity crisis fun? In the spirit. All the teenagers are like, no, it's not fun. In the spirit. I've had two very powerful dreams about this ministry. Now, I may be prophetic, but sometimes I'm just pathetic. Because I actually did not know that why I was coming. Here's the story. Uh, last time, the elders did not make me pray for everybody. The Lord asked me to do it. I'm not promising that today. But I've also learned to, ne to never say never. It's like there's an angel standing there. When you say the word never, he writes it down. He's like, oh, really? Great. Let me just report up on this. Be careful what you, you don't, you know, don't ever say never. I'm willing to do everything. That's also dangerous. The angel's saying there, go, great, perfect. We're going to test that. And I came last time. It was fantastic. And then a massive shift came in our lives. And the storms blew and the waves came. But that which was built upon the rock stood. And I had a dream. It was the most, one of the most powerful dreams of my life. And God has sent these tremendous dream interpreters to me, and I thank God for them, because sometimes I'm just like, duh. Carissa, right? Wow. It's great to see you. Word of knowledge. Can you get free and have fun at the same time? Humor is a great disarmor. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just knocking your walls down. You don't even know what I'm doing. I'm up here going, laughing, watching the Holy Spirit do it. Like, go ahead. Just knock it all down. Just go ahead. What was I saying? Carissa threw me off. Anyway, powerful dream. And in the dream, I, I walked in with my beautiful wife. Is she here now? There she is. Cordell, please stand for a second. I won't make you come up. That's my wife of 16 years. Wonderful. We'll leave here, and we're getting on a plane to Orlando and flying to see all the people in Puerto Rico. It's going to be great. And I'm going to just forget about the whole world, unplug delete Facebook for the 3,752nd time. Let's go. 
dream. I had a dream. And in the dream, I was walking with my beautiful wife into this beautiful home, but very much in need of being refurbished. I walked in. It was very old. I smelled the wood. I saw the texture. I walked in. Very vibrant. She comes in with me, and we're standing there. I'm looking around like, this place is massive. Say massive. I'm bringing, you're like, are you telling our story? No. I am bringing you into God's story. That's what I'm doing today. Because you may have forgotten where you fit in his story, but you have a very important part in God's story. Your life is much more than about just you. Somebody needs to hear that. So in this dream, I walk in, a beautiful home, and I I walk around, I'm looking at it, and I'm amazed, and and my wife is like, what am I going to do in this place? I'll never forget her face. What am I going to do? She looked like the lady on the hills are alive, you know, what am I going to do with this place? I'm sure the cameraman loves me right now. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I remember feeling overwhelmed. Has, ever, has God ever done something in your life that's overwhelmed you? Let me ask you this. How long has it been? What a great measuring stick. When's the last time God overwhelmed you? Wow. Did you know that being overwhelmed by the goodness of God is supposed to be a normal experience in the kingdom of God? That's why you look over and people are dancing and they're shouting because they're overwhelmed. I'm in this dream and I'm ready to dance and shout. I'm, but I'm also looking at the, how massive it is going, this is a lot of work to do. That's how guys think. Like, you, women's like, I want a huge house. And the guy's like, light bill. That one didn't go over very well. I walk into this house. I'm looking around. Crowd walks in. And all of a sudden I hear a knock on my door. And I, and I walk to the door, and I open the door, and there's this young lady there. And I say, hi, who are you? And she goes, oh, I'm, I, she said her name, I can't remember. She goes, I'm, I'm here from Heart of the Father. And I'm like, you are? Why? She goes, the elder sent me. I said, wow, really? I said, that's so beautiful. They're like, yeah, she handed me an envelope with $5,000. Now, I'm not asking for $5,000. <laughs> but in the dream, it's very, very prophetic. Hands me an envelope full of $5,000, and she walks in. She goes, and I'm also staying. I said, you're staying here? Why? She goes, I'm here on assignment to your wife to help you renovate this place. She begins to walk around with Coral, and all of a sudden, they're like, look at the beauty of this place. Look at what's happening. And this person is like large and in charge. I mean, she has got it going on in the spirit. This woman is like, we can do this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And I walk up to this banister, and I cannot walk up the stairs to the second level. Prophetic dream, right? It's a twisty banister. And I'm like, wow, I really want to see what's up there. Say, I want to see. see. Come on, heart of the Father. I want to see. see. Do you want to see what's in the heart of the Father? All right. So I look up there, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm walking there, and um, I'm amazed. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And I walk over to this one place in the floor, and there's a soft spot. You know what a soft spot in your flooring is? Danger Will Robinson means there's been water damage. Stuff from the outside has gotten in. I'm I'm telling on myself in this dream, aren't I? You're like family now. Stuff from the outside, I mean, let's be honest, y'all don't tell family that's, anyway. Stuff on the outside got in. Some water, some elements got in. And I'm standing on this floor, and I'm concerned. I'm like, there's a soft spot in the floor. This thing must have, I don't remember buying this place, but man, it must have been massively expensive. I can't believe it. And here we are, and I begin to have a panic attack in the dream. Like, oh my God, I just, what, stupid, stupid. 
And all of a sudden, a friend of mine named Sean Harvey walks in. He walks up next to me and he puts his arm around me. In real life, he's a master carpenter. In real life. He walks in, he puts his arm around me, he looks down and he goes, what are you so worried about? That's a very small thing. All I got to do is tear that up, put one spot there. He's like, there's no other problems with this place. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Don't worry about it. And I felt my hope restored when the carpenter came in. So then I hear this noise on the outside of the house. Say outside. outside. And I, I hear the sound of a pressure washer. Whew, don't you love? You know Paul's first prophetic word? <laughs> you ever heard how terrible Paul's, the apostle Paul's prophetic word was, his first one? Let me, I'm going to show you how, how terrible your life is going to get. Like all of us are like, I don't think I want that word. I think that was from the devil. I put that word down under my feet. And so I walk outside and I see this man dressed in all white overalls, spotless, not a mark on him, with a little hat on, on a van. And he gets his little power washer out and he starts to, char- to do the power washer. And I look outside on the outside of the house and the outside is completely pristine. It's already been pressure washed. And I say, hey, stop. What are you doing? He goes, I'm here. I've been sent to pressure wash your home. And I said, hey, listen, um, I, this has already been pressure washed. Don't do it again. Anybody feel like they've been pressure washed in this room? Anybody been there? Some of you are like, yeah. See, you can't even nod. You're like, uh, just, uh. So I'm like, and then the angel, he's an angel, just spoiler alert. The angel says to me, well, is there anything else I can do for you? Remember, the girl on Lake, from Lakeland is with Cordell inside the house. Here's the angel. He says, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said this to the angel. Yes. Now, what is today? Pentecost. Woo! Woo! I see, he says, is there anything else I can do to you? And immediately, straight away, as our UK brothers would say, straight away. I say to him, can you go inside and hook up my power outlets? And the power came on inside the house. Today's Pentecost. God's connecting power outlets. Now, here's the amazing thing. It's not just Pentecost for us. When the storms and the winds and the waves came, there was a a prophetic leader in the kingdom. You probably know her if I said her name, but I won't. Because everybody's got opinions about everybody. This person came to me, and they said, it's true, you know how it is, people, it's easier to get people to live from demons than opinions. <laughs> opinions will talk back, you know. Was that okay? I thought that was a great joke. Happy birthday. I did that joke just for your birthday. 21, it's so wonderful. I can't believe I said the opinion thing. So this prophetic leader comes to my life and we're going through the wind and the waves. Been through the wind and the waves? The kingdom of God does not shake. Anyway, so the wind and the waves come and Corral and I are in it. We're in it with a bunch of great people and, and God is good all the time. We're saying that every day. God is good all the time. I'm dying, but God is good. He's killing me. He's the one killing me, but he's still good. And this prophetic leader comes to me, very well known. She says, I have a word for you. And I'm like, fantastic, I need a word. Sometimes you just need a fresh word. You know, if you honor the prophetic, God will send prophetic leaders into your life. The more you honor the prophetic, 
The more you read the prophetic words in your journal and actually contend for what they say, God will begin to send more prophetic revelation than you even know what to do with. And that was when I needed it. And, and she came to me. She said, I have a word for you and your wife. And I said, what is it? She goes, you're coming into a six-month period where God's going to begin to restore things in you, through you, for the new season of your life and leadership. And it's going to be powerful and deeply pressurized. Say pressure. pressure. She goes, but when you come through it, she goes, it's going to be so powerful. And it's going to be six-month period of time. And it will end on Pentecost Sunday. Can I share one more dream? I was going to do it anyway. I was uh, dreaming one night. I had never been here before. I had never met these, these leaders, Dave, Barry, Brandon, and the real leaders, their wives. <laughs> yeah, they got that. They're all wonderful. I remember sitting, I was sitting on the front row of an inauguration ceremony. Right where you are. I forgot your name, but I remember you in the spirit. I was sitting there on the front row, and I remember looking up at the elders, and there was all of these new students coming up on the platform. Don't fall. All these students coming up. And as they would come up, they would come up this way. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's what my friend Brian Holly says. Cool, black, long beard. I feel the Holy Ghost. And he really does when he says that, you know. Anyway, there's this group of people, and they're walking up. And as they're walking up to the platform of this inauguration day, they're crying, and they're testifying of their miracles. And they're walking up. It's a dream. I'm inviting you into God's dream. And all these, and these, all these new, and they're, they're all young people, you know, 30 and below. Every time I get older, I move that number. <laughs> And I remember looking and specifically seeing Barry. And Barry is standing in this corner right over here with his arms like this. Do you ever stand like this? Because you were just like this. And Barry was kind of like looking. And as he was watching it, I saw Barry begin to become overwhelmed with all of the work of God in these people. And he began to weep. And lose it. As the work of the Lord was coming through this inauguration day. You know what I hear when I hear prophetic leaders like these begin to say words like pierce and resuscitate and origin? I hear the voice of the Spirit saying, I'm about to bring this strategy of Holy Spirit in this place, in this people, into their next expression. Now, some of you have probably already been feeling that and wrestling within yourself. But that's because there's something normal in tension that we need. And if we get out of the tension by quitting, the tension can't produce in us what is intended to produce. Man, I could preach on that right there. But I really have to get to my message eventually. So you're feeling the tension. You're feeling this expansion within yourself. You're feeling the need, the hunger. We can't keep doing what we've always been doing. We can't keep looking for the same things, expecting different outcomes. We've got to have a fresh, powerful move of the Spirit of God upon people in a way that will reach the levels of heaven's agenda in the earth right now in this nation and in the nations of the earth. 
Is anybody with me? I'm having a great time up here by myself, but I'm hoping you're with me. There is an invitation into God's dream. The Father's dreaming over this place and this people. He's dreaming a dream. He wants to bring you into it. And I don't want you to awaken from it ever. I want you to live in the reality of a spirit-empowered life through the power of Pentecost. I want you to regain a Pentecostal perspective. Uh-oh. I said it. I, tr- I used a trigger word in one of them Pentecostals. You know what? It's true that a lot of that, they did roll around in the floor. But, man, I would take some of that than what I see in other places. Somebody roll something or I'll start rolling. You don't want to see that. I'll do it. Headset and everything. I'm serious. This is why, you know, it's been a couple years since they invited me back. They had to recover from last time. Don't you want a fresh move of the Spirit? Don't you want to see people completely redeemed and restored and set free? You're starting to see it already. People are like, I don't even come for food. Just pray for me. That's hunger. I can work with hunger. I can work with passion. What I can't work is with stuffy religion. The spirit of religion comes to put out the fire of God. And you're like, yes, it does. Let me tell you, you probably have a religious issue in your heart. If I said to you like they used to do in the class meetings, we were talking about Methodists earlier, if I came to you right got right in your face, I'm going to pick the biggest, scariest guy in here. I'm coming for you. You're not scary. <laughs> and if I came to you in the class meeting, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're good. You're good. We're good, right? We're good, right? Okay. If I came to the, to the scariest looking guy here, if I came to him and I, and I did like they did in the class meetings, who's uncomfortable when I'm right here with you? It, it, be honest, like you're like, you're too close. Yeah, she is. He, he just told on you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If I came to you like they did in the old day, they'd come to you and go, hey, um, how's the power, how's the fire of Holy Spirit in your life right now? That's their, that's their small group during the West End Revival. When the circuit, read about circuit riders with the wagons from the Oregon Trail up here? That's all I could think about was the Oregon Trail. Remember that game? <laughs> You've died from dysphobia or whatever. Dysentery. I was going to get you to laugh. I'm going to go back and make Allison laugh. She'll try to stop, but she can't. If I came to you and I said, what's the witness of the Spirit in your life right now? You know why? Because their expression of the kingdom in those days is things were being restored. Say restored. It was the evidence of, being, of knowing you were born again. Can you imagine not knowing if you were born again? How terrifying. Gosh, I hope today I'm good. This may not end well. But he's like, do you feel a witness of the Spirit right now? They're like, yeah, I do. Oh, and they would begin to groan. Oh, I feel it. Mm. And that's how these things began to, this fire began to burn. Now, guess what put the fire out? Religion. You know why? I'm going to say it. Because denominations where movements go to die. The spirit of religion comes to kill. It comes to destroy the fire of God. You ever had a well-meaning person in your life come to you and say, when you're born again, first off, and they go, hey, listen, I know you're real excited, but that's just emotional. This thing's going to get real pretty soon. (laughs) And they think they're doing the kingdom of God a service. God sent me to put your fire out. (laughs) We're going to educate you beyond any use to the kingdom of God on the earth at all. Are you ready? Are you signing up for that? That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, you're going to be miserable just like me. Under the guise of religion. 
How about this? Intellectualism. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Not all of it's bad. I love intellectuals. I know them. They're theologians. I, I believe it. I practice it. I study it. Systematics all day long. But listen, religion will kill the fire of God. You got to read that word and study theology through the power of the Spirit. That's the reason we were never intended to live one day without the power of Holy Spirit upon us. It was the whole point. God with man. I want to live that way. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, suddenly, say suddenly. Suddenly, that word is surprise. I love that word. Someone said fullness, Ruby did. Fullness, you know why? The Bible says when they were gathered all together in one place, they filled the building, remember that? 120 of them in there praying. You know, who, who knows what they were praying? I mean, we have no idea the deep groanings and the intercessions that were happening in these men of God. And they're in there praying and crying. And Peter's a mess because all that he just went through. They have 40 days of the kingdom of God being preached. And they're like, I don't even know if I know anything. I thought Jesus and me, three years, 40 days, he comes back, preaches the gospel of the kingdom. And all of a sudden, I don't even know if I'm saved. And they're going through, they're travailing. Can I really be who he says I am? Come on, sometimes you gotta reach for it. You gotta travail and say, can I really be who you said I am? Truth is, you can't, but by the Spirit. Praying, intercession happening in that room, and all of a sudden, suddenly, the Bible says, like a mighty wind, a sound came forth. It is literally God's shofar blast, filling the room, his sound, his power. We have access to it today. Listen, this morning I was in prayer for you at 445. You're welcome. Oh, I should be prophetic. 444. No, I'm kidding. That's exaggerating. He's praying for you. And I look out and I see Jesus working. He's got a rake in his hand. Three, look like an agricultural tool from, the, from some Asian nation. And he's in there and he's working this, this gray heap of what looked like dust and he's working it. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking for the original coals. You know why? Because if you can find one of the origin coals, if you can find Isaiah, that coal from the altar, the angel said it's so hot I can't even grab it with my angelic hand. I need a tool just to grab. God said I'm going to create a tool just so you can grab a coal and take that coal and put it on a mouth and it's going to cleanse and destroy all the places within him that are impure and fill him with a new sound. And all of a sudden that same coal comes, origins, and distributed among them and there's a fire that begins to burn. Every one of them had their own coal, ready to do the work, ready to distribute the move of the Spirit. All of them uneducated, all of them uneloquent, all of them, none of them ready, but God made them ready by the power of His Spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. I want it. I've seen, I remember small groups in homes, I remember hearing it pulled out of people's ears when I didn't even know it was going to be, they weren't even going to be healed. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be healed, but Lord, just touch them if you can. And all of a sudden, open up, pull hearing aids out. All of a sudden, begin to say, Jesus, begin to hear the sounds of her children for the first time in her life. Why? Because the power of the Spirit makes it possible. Oh, I'm coming. But more importantly, he's coming. We must regain a Pentecostal perspective. Like, I don't know if I've lost it. I'm going to tell you a few ways to know. 
Do you have the Pentecostal perspective? You can say you do all day long. And guess what? You can come into a building this size and hide real well. But I love it. You got leaders here, they look into your life. They're like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Number one, the Pentecostal perspective is a perspective that's purified by the ever-burning fires that come with the sharing intimacy with the person of Holy Spirit. Because our God is an all-consuming fire. I love when Paul told Timothy, you know, fan into flame. That's Timothy. Are you kidding me? Do you know what Timothy's job was? Like Jesus' mother went to Timothy's church. Can you imagine preaching and Mary's there? That's some pressure. You know, Apostle John walks in like he owns the place. (laughs) You're Timothy. You're so young, Paul's got to go, hey, don't despise him because he's young. Don't look down on him. He's overseeing a move of the Spirit, center of revival. Paul's like, fan into flame, the gift of God, put within you. (sighs) Fan it into flame, put it into fire. Did you know how easy it is? Listen, you know the easiest way for fire to go out? Be a ministry. Ain't nothing killed fire like ministry does. Well, there's one more thing. Working in the parking lot. I've seen more fights working in the parking lot of churches I mean, people will go, they will go earrings out, shoes off, straight up in the parking lot. Did you know that? They're like, you're like, you need to be delivered from a devil because you are trying to kill that brother. The Bible says if you hate your brother in your heart. And they would go at it in the parking lot. And you're like, how long do these people have to attend church before they're really transformed? That's a great question. Some of them people are still there, still fighting in the parking lot. So you can hang around stuff in a large place, but when God brings it real by the personhood of Holy Spirit, gets intimate with you, and all of a sudden you can't escape it. The fire of God in your life, following you when you put your lipstick on in the morning, in the, in the mirror. And if you're a man and you're doing that, <laughs> special prayer time over here, end of service. But in all reality, the fire of the Holy Spirit is following you around. Why? Because he was secured through a great price. And you are the place that he wants to land and live. Amen? You need more Holy Spirit power in your life. You're like, how do you know? I know. Because if we didn't have that need, we would see things much differently than we do. Things would look different. The Pentecostal perspective is a perspective that is purified by the ever-burning fires that come with sharing intimacy with the person of Holy Spirit. You know what I love about preparing for a message? is the intimacy. Don't lose that. Like we don't need performances. We don't need preaching performances. And we don't need spectators. We need people deeply engaged in who they are. Why? Because God can't get it done without you playing your part. You got to do your part. I got to do my part. Amen? You receive that? Intimacy with Holy Spirit is required in every aspect of the New Testament victorious Christian life. You're like, oh, that sounds like that's word of faith. Listen, your life is meant to look victorious even when it doesn't look victorious. Let me say that again. Your life is intended to look victorious even when it doesn't look victorious. 
You're winning. You are walking in Christ's victory. He won already. All you got to do is walk it out. You don't even have to do it alone. There was never artificial light mentioned anywhere in Scripture. Did you know that? There's no light bulbs in the Bible. Whenever and wherever there is a reference to any kind of light, it always assumes that fire produced it. First John 1 John 1.7. But if we walk... Oh, you're going to put it up? He asked me earlier. You want to put it up? You don't have to. Go ahead. You got it, Mick. There it is. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, I want to just point out one thing about this, or maybe a few things. Number one, if there's the assumption of light, there's a fire burning somewhere. That same fire produces true fellowship with one another. Now, that word koinonia doesn't mean we're going to go and have street tacos together. Koine, where we get common Greek. Koinonia means literally that God is going to bring us together and we're going to bond over a revelation of his purpose. And it's going to create bonds within us that are unshakable and unbreakable. Doesn't mean we won't have to work at it. Come on, somebody. We're going to experience true fellowship with one another, not surface level stuff. I'm terrible at small talk. I mean, very bad at it. Don't any of you say amen. But I'm really bad at it. But the reality is if we connect in the spirit, like I know Barry and Brandon and Dave, I know them by the spirit. I always want to spend more time than I have, but I know them by the Spirit. So I don't have to worry. I'm like, I know you by the Spirit. I connect with you in the Spirit. I'm like, I'm good. I connect with you in the Spirit, Mr. Nations man. I connect with you in the Spirit. I know it by the Spirit. The Bible says, know no man by the flesh. In other words, don't let their attributes or their qualifications, don't let it determine. Why don't you receive a revelation by the Spirit of God about somebody and respond to that? Have fellowship. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Powerful word. Destroying the power of sin and its effects. Man, destroying the power of sin. Destroying the power of sin. Cleansing, literally removing the effects of sin. Dealing with it at the heart level because of the powerful penetration of this kind of fire. Reach into me, Lord, and find it. As David said, search me, O God. Number two, I'm moving on. You're looking a little glassy-eyed out there. You're like, just do ministry time. We will. I'm trying not to cough without hitting my mute button. Did it. You're welcome. Number two, a Pentecostal perspective is a perspective that is radically resolute towards a revelation of personal purpose. Man, let me tell you a great story. Personal purpose. I was sitting in this coffee shop, these two sweet old ladies behind me. I mean old. Okay? They would say they're old. One of them, I mean, she was just in with an oxygen tank in a wheelchair. They were so cute. They had a little, you know, little teacups with the, with the pinky out, drinking their tea. And you're shaking it, you know, just, just wonderfully. I was like, oh, I just want to hug them. 
And this, this is a true story. This really happened. Because I want to give you hope. Because a lot of you in here don't even have any idea of your purpose. You have no idea. And that's okay. Because little Margaret reaches over to her friend Ruthie. I don't know if they know those are the names, but it fits. And Margaret, 92, 93, 94 years old, teacup in hand, looks at her and says, Ruthie, I was looking in the mirror. <laughs> I was looking in the mirror this morning. And I look, I'm, gonna, I'm either going to laugh or cry. I was looking in the mirror this morning, and I thought to myself, I have no idea who I am. 90-some-year-old lady on oxygen that says, I have no idea who I am. I have no idea what my purpose is. What an absolute travesty. How can we say we love the prophetic and people not know, have a revelation of who they are? Are you kidding me? That's because the prophetic has become such an absolute circus about everything other than identity of individuals based on God's perspective over them. If I didn't have revelation to help guide me and a spirit that empowers me, I would be so lost. I don't ever want to go back. Did you know that revelation of your personal purpose is available to you today? Man. It was just so sweet, but so heartbreaking. I thought, may I never reach the place where I say I have no idea of my purpose in this earth. I got my purpose and I'm running after it. I am on the hunt. I'm not going alone, but listen, if I did, I'd go alone. The fire of Holy Spirit first pushes you to a revelation of personal purpose, and then it pushes you through that revelation to arrive at God's definition of success. Because Holy Spirit is after you getting God what he wants. He's not after you getting what you want. But here's what happens. He'll transform you to what you want and what he wants is the same. Yeah. And you'll grow so passionate. That's why you're like, what's wrong with this guy? I'm just full of God's passion. I feel it. Like, I feel the land. I'm like, man, the enemy keeps saying that this Lakeland place is just dry bones. I'm telling you. I see an army rising up. I see the beginning of a breath of the spirit coming. You're like, well, how bad's it got to get here? Yeah. That's entirely up to you. I'm going to. You're going to get me running. You'll be, you won't know what to do if I start running anyway. A Pentecostal perspective is radically resolute towards personal purpose. Now, there's corporate purpose here. I just want you to know. It's available. There's stuff that God calls us to do together. Uganda and the, and the food distribution and the circuit riding. There are things that God calls us together. And then he, he allows us to receive passion for where we're assigned. People making a mess over there. My goodness. I can't take them anywhere. This revelation often appears as a tremendous boldness that is often feared in most religious institutions. The spirit of religion can only operate where and when it is able to put out Holy Spirit fire. I'll say that again. The spirit of religion can only operate where and when it is able to put out Holy Spirit fire. So I ask you this question. If the fire of the spirit, if it is it burning in your life in the greatest way that you've ever known? Or is there a time in your history where it burned brighter? 
more deeply felt, more passionately consuming than it is today. If that's true, there are parts of you that need to be realigned, recalibrated. Substitutes that have to come down. There is no substitute for Holy Spirit. Listen, there, there, the whole point was God on flesh. God on flesh. You're like, my body, no, God on flesh. He puts his spirit on flesh. You are the temple of Holy Spirit. That word's not just temple building. It is holy of holies. Whew. God, see, it's so easy to think, wow, if God, God can do so much big stuff. He's so big. It's true. But what's more powerful about God is he's so vast eternally, but he can put himself in a itty bitty living space. In you. Why? Because he's going to put you into positions and he's going to break out of you. God loves boxes just to break them. I said God loves boxes just to break them. Have you ever seen your kids play with the Christmas boxes? You're like, why did I spend money on toys? Boxes will do. God loves boxes. He's like, here comes the boxes. That's why I wear pink shirts and I'll dance and I'll make jokes. Every box that you're like, a man of God looks like this, I'll break it. Just because God loves to break boxes. You're like, well, I'm going to be comfortable. God is not in interested in your comfort. He's interested in purpose. What does he want to do in your life? He's interested in what comes beyond you, your inheritance. He wants your children and their children's children. He wants this nation. He's not done with the United States of America. Are you kidding me? There's a purpose. There's a remnant. We've got a, we've got a cause. We're like David in the valley. And there's Goliath shouting a big a bunch of noise. You're like, are you serious? I've seen the bear and a no problem. As I saw the Lord working today in an ash heap, I heard the Spirit beckoning to me, come out of the ash heap. Come out of the dust. Come out of the pit and burn again. Number three, how do we regain and maintain a Pentecostal perspective? Number three, a Pentecostal perspective is centered around your place in the great harvest and your willingness to lay it all down and pay the entire cost. Ooh, I said the C word. There's a cause? Wherever there's a cause, there's a cost. Everything. We love to read about the book of Acts. We're like, come on, Holy Spirit. And they're like, and then they began to sell lands. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> come on now. Don't, don't touch my money now. Don't touch my money. Come on, Jesus. It costs everything. There is coming in this generation a great harvest of souls. There is coming. It's hard for people to believe that. They're like, I just thought we were supposed to wait until. <laughs> there is coming in this generation a great harvest of souls. And out of all the time in history. God put you here. You had no say in being here. I love this. You had no, uh, uh, no options, no opinion. He just put you here. Why? Well, my parents. Doesn't matter the circumstances of you getting here. Doesn't matter. He orchestrated it. You're here. Why? You're sent into your generation. You're sent. You're like, well, I thought only some people. No, you are sent. Right where God positions you. Right with an unlimited capacity for him to do everything in his heart to do. No matter what you've done. No matter what you've done. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Paul proves this. Paul will just go into an absolute praise break. 
in writing. Did you notice that? He's like, dear Timothy, oh, Jesus, I can't believe I was the chiefest of the sinner. And now, 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 now. I mean, he can't contain it. Why? Because he's, he's bringing it back. He's finding the coal. I know who I was, but then God already knew who I was beyond what I was, beyond who I thought I was. This is why I'm here. I'm running my race. Man, I'm running my race. Not somebody else's race, my race. You are already commissioned in this generation as an important part of God's plan, but it is the very spirit that ensures that Father gets what he wants. Man, this is the passionate place from where the fire comes, for our God is an all-consuming fire. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.